Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It, it was an exercise in watching beautiful It was a 12-round masterclass. All we hear in his words, we, right. need, we need to see the... We need to see but the then, but what is second? First loser, isn't it? Right. Yeah. So I love that mentality. Welcome to Talk Boxing with Simon Jordan and Spencer Oliver. This is episode 51. What's the date today, Spence? What is the date 12th today? 12th December, isn't it? Yeah, 12th, 12th December, December, yeah. Episode 51. I'm not going to say like and subscribe because we don't need to like we discussed last week. But anyway, let's get on with this <laughs> week's show. Bournemouth. Yes. Chris Billum smith Yeah. You were there? I was there? Yeah. Yeah, we, we, listen, firstly, we got... We've got to talk about the atmosphere. The atmosphere absolutely. was yeah. absolutely insane. You can understand why they go back there. I mean, mm. you know, the fight with Lawrence Coley at the Vitality Stadium back in May. Atmosphere was wicked, brilliant. We even go as far as um, Isaac Chamberlain in the same, rain, um, same arena, the big arena. Mm. I think that was in the November of the year before. I mean, you just can't beat that atmosphere. Yeah, and well, I think that was what was needed. The reason I mentioned that was because that was what was needed to lift for Chris, Chris Billum-Smith mm. to win that fight because... After four or five rounds, Simon, I looked at him and he was walking back to the corner and I'm looking at him, watching his body language and I can see that actually he ain't got a lot left. He is digging really deep. He is going to a place here. He's trying to find something and that's what he does. And he eventually done it. I think he turned the screw in at the sixth round and the seventh round he got the victory. But mm. yeah, what, I mean, what an atmosphere. Well, yeah, what I mean, I, I, you know, again, I walked into that. I was slightly concerned without wanting to be melodramatic that given there was a large Polish contingent there, um, that if this result had gone with the Polish fighter, with mm. Masternak, that we could have seen a little bit of aggravation on our hands. Sure. Because like a lot of boxing arenas, there is always a, an edge to it at times. Yeah. A few drinks can take people in the wrong direction. Um, and, and the Polish fans, as you could see, I think they were sitting mm. up near the top behind you in a commentary position. Yeah. And they were very vociferous. They were. And and there they was gave... a lot of them as well. Yeah. He, did, he brought yeah. a, a big Polish contingent over, yeah. They did, they did. And the atmosphere, you know, was great. It was electric atmosphere. But that's what you get when you get into, um, a, you know, an environment where you've got a very partisan crowd mm. um, that don't see that much boxing, but also are very committed to their fighter. And you mm. get small environments where you've got three, three and a half thousand fans that are absolutely rabid. Interesting also on a Sunday evening. Yeah. You know, because at this moment in time for Bournemouth, their team's doing well in football. They've just smashed Man United 3 0. Yeah. And their local fighter is a world champion. They were so playing away I, on the Saturday, weren't I, they? Hence yeah, why the, at, at why Man United won 3 0, absolutely. Yeah. And I thought the atmosphere was, was great. 
Um, the only problem I had is I didn't feel very well. I needed to find a toilet pretty quickly. No way. Absolutely. But well, I, I saw you, because we were sitting, obviously, in the commentary position. I saw you sitting over there, but... I thought yeah. it was an allergic reaction to Gareth Davis. Well, I did, I did as well. That's what I was going to say. I recognise you didn't come over and say hello. You just give a little wave. And I thought, no, no, I just didn't feel very well. <laughs> Try and find a toilet in oh, an no old toilet full of boxing fans. Oh my god! So, yeah, I mean, look, but, let's let's break the performance down. Yeah, you know, that, that was more to the point. Yeah. I mean, I, I I was I wasn't surprised by what I saw, given the billing that you'd given Mastanak. Yeah. Given the performances that he's had in the past and the difficulty that Tony Bellew had with him, and given the fact that this was a fight which was his first world title shot and probably his last. Yeah. Right, he was going to go in there and put a performance of sorts on. And given the way Chris Bullum Smith fights, I always felt that mm. this was going to be a fight that he took over in the second half of the fight. Sure. I didn't expect him to... He got made to look pedestrian at times. He took a lot of shots, and those shots were beginning to wear on him. Yeah. And I think he had to really bite down on the gum shield. And I think when they sent him out in the sixth, yeah. you saw a, a sort of almost a... Of the gloves. Okay, yeah. let's, get, let's get ourselves together here now. A second win. Yeah. That's yeah. what you saw, I think. Yeah. He got a bollocking in the corner. Yeah. Uh, they, he went back, when he went back in, uh, I think it was the end of the fifth or the end of the sixth, he got a bollocking in the, in the corner and that was what was needed, a strong corner at that point. Because like I say, from that opening bell, we always knew it was going to be a hard fight because stylistically with Mastanak who comes forward and as you pointed out, you know, pushed Bellew to the wire and he hadn't been beaten since 2018. That was a unanimous points decision to Dorch because he was another great fighter. Um, uh, yeah, and you just, you, you looked at it, you always knew it was going to be difficult. Chris went out there and it wasn't working for him because he was waiting too long and Masanak was leading off with the shots. He was getting through with some good right hands and Chris was soaking too much up. And taking and, punishment. And you're thinking, if he starts taking this punishment, if this punishment continues into the second half of the contest, he's going to buckle at some point. Mm. One of them's going to go, his legs are going to go and he's not going to have the recovery powers that he should be having because he's taken so much. Like I said, I looked at the end of the fourth and I thought, Chris has really got to find something. I'm starting mm. to worry a little bit. Then the fifth Did round you? went. I, didn't, I, I thought I was taking a lot, a lot. I didn't worry. I thought yeah. he's, eventually he's going to start getting into this fight because I felt that mm. he started slowly, whether that's because there was nerves or apprehension or the, the scale of expectation because he's fighting in front of his own fans. But I thought it took him a while to get into the fight. And yeah. I think he gave Masternak probably a little bit more respect mm. than necessarily... He could have done. He didn't. He didn't impose him on. I thought he's got. Yeah. He's got to give this guy something to think about because right now he isn't giving him a lot to think about. He, yeah. He took the fight to Masanak, and I think what happened was Masanak slipped into a rhythm before Chris did. Like he started getting off with his jab, found yeah. the range with a jab, and then the right hand. But yeah. yeah, big damage with the right hands. So Chris started getting a little bit more desperate, started forcing it a bit more, but he wasn't yeah. getting off with his shots. And Masanak was doing the right thing, popping the combinations, tying him up, and it was starting to get rough in there. And and and. That's the way that they both like to fight. And we've seen with Chris before. We saw it as the fight I just mentioned against Lawrence Coley, where he had to grind it out. And that's exactly what he had to do there. I didn't think the, the finish was going to be the way that it was, it was yeah. though. You know, he had a good left hook to the body, popped. I think I saw Masternak in the yeah, hotel the following morning. He broke three ribs. Well, that's what I heard. Because he first, yeah. my first reaction was, what's gone on here? Something's gone on here. Yeah, a lot of people, like most people would have gone, yeah. as he just quit on his stall. Yeah. Because no one could see why he would have quit on his stall. But when you've got a broken rib, and Shane McGuigan made the point afterwards, mm. you know, in terms of we saw there was a, a bulge, a, a bulge yeah, on his yeah. rib and told him to work that. Yeah. Do you, do, you, do you think that's the case or do you no, think it's a bit of opportunity? No, I just, it was just opportunity. Spur of the moment. You see the shot, you throw the shot, it lands. And then Masternak's there. I go, this, this is where Chris is at right now, right? Because Chris said, yeah, I felt good. And he did come out banging his gloves and whatnot. But I know in Chris's mind, as he's sitting there, so... 
you saw that and you think, right, he's had a good, he's had a good, good round there. Was it round seven? He's had a mm. good round there. He's like, you know, he's starting to break. Well, we started to he get started himself to together about to sixth, didn't yeah. When the referee goes like that and Masnak's sitting in his corner, then Masnak gets up really slowly and he starts doing this. I know that Chris is looking over there thinking, and they're going, well, like, we're going, what's going on here? Is he not going to come out? And I know in Chris's mind, he's thinking, please don't. Come out, yeah, please don't, don't come out because it was it was literally a life or death struggle where he was going through there. But that's what champions do; they can turn the screw, they can turn it around. And Chris Billingsmith, we saw it against Jose as well. We saw it against Isaac Chamberlain at, at times as well, where Chris goes to a dark place that that he has to you know reach deep within himself, and that's what he does, and that's what did, champions did you, do. Did you think and he'd done that? Did you think it, I didn't? I mean, all due respect to the fact he won, and I'm pleased he won. Um, did you think it was? I didn't think it was a. I didn't think it was a world class performance. Did you? No, totally not. And I think that you know, moving forward, I know that Richard Riakpor is going to be made mandatory uh, contender yeah. now. I think that that was that was inevitable anyway. I think that is the next fight for Chris Billum Smith. Mm -hmm. um, so they go over old ground back from 2019. Great fight. I, uh, I think uh, Riakpor won on a split decision, didn't he, in the first one in 2019? He did, yeah. Well, on that performance, Riyadpour sort of he's grown he's grown into a very good fighter, and I think on that performance he would have serious problems. Chris Billum Smith. I think well, I asked. I mean, it was I, a below I, par. I spoke to Richard on, a, on in a different format about because whatever way cut it, Chris has gone on to fight world level fighters. Yeah, he's fought, fought Lawrence Akoli. Yeah, and he's fought Masternak. Yeah, now Akoli was tipped to win that fight. Yeah. And the performance was poor, but notwithstanding it, some of it was made to be poor by Chris Billum-Smith. I know that um, Richard has fought Glowacki and made, a, yeah. uh, made an impression statement, yeah. statement there. But who do, of the two fighters, given the direction of travel they've gone in with, since, since, since Richard beat him on a split decision, yeah. who has improved the more? Because the, you're right, the, he's the number one contender, which is yeah. just about to be made mandatory, yeah. and I think Ben's making that uh, that position with the WBO That's now. Right. That's right. They're talking about this fight happening in May at the Vitality. Yeah. Albeit Richard was talking about something at Sellers Park. I'm not quite sure what he was talking yeah. about there. No, I think we go with Vitality, and then for people that are wondering what's happened to Lawrence Acoli, because he was meant to be having his immediate rematch. I think yeah. Lawrence then is going to fight the winner of Chris Billum-Smith versus Richard Riakpo. That's where it sits at the moment. Why? Because I, because what I believe was that that um, Chris Billum Smith was given an extension on this one to have the Masnak fight as long as so, so basically they withheld making the mandatory for Richard Riakpor. So he was given an extension so that he could have a voluntary against Masnak, and then Riakpor's in line. And I think with Lawrence Akoli, he's happy to wait for the winner of that because he's just right. getting back into things and that well, himself. Given, so given I Lawrence, think it was an agreement through all the parties. That's basically yeah. where they're at. Yeah, given that Lawrence's recent performances have been absolutely turgid, I think most people will not be missing out on seeing no. Lawrence Acoli at this moment in time because it's but, been poor. But 2019, Richard Riakpour versus Chris Billum-Smith was an absolute blinder. Mm. was there and that, and that was one of those where you know Chris had to really dig deep. And Lawrence, um, Richard had to ask himself a few questions as well. Who's improved the most since then? I think Richard's the definitely the, the, the improved fighter of the two. But Chris Billum-Smith has that experience how at do you, that how, level. How do you, how do you I just think, I just think he's grown as a fighter. So what, I, what I've seen with Richard Riakpour, which, is, which has been the missing link in what he does, is that he seems to have lost that fear factor. So Richard's always, for me, had seems to have had everything in the locker, but he's never really... He's never had the confidence in his own ability. That's probably a better way of putting it. And what I see now is that Richard now believes in himself, 
Whereas before, I don't think he did really believe in himself. What I'm saying there is, so when the fight when the fight comes to him, or he's got to sit in the pocket and he's he's got to get tough, you see this look on Rich's face where he doesn't really want to be there. He don't really believe in himself. That's important with fight. Whereas Chris Billen Smith is that guy. He does believe in himself. He doesn't like get you know he doesn't mm. mind getting in there, getting in the mix, and get you know tapping it out like we saw on different Saturday. animals. I mean, I sat next different, to yeah, different. I sat next to one of the Richard Reactor's mentors up in Manchester when he knocked yeah. out Glowacki, and he talked about the belief system that's now in Richard. There you go. It's a belief. There you he go. now believes that he goes in there to do and a job. And that's what he, was missing kept... before. Mm. And then, and with that, that's why I say now, that's why I favour him now over because I think with Chris Billum Smith, what you see is what you get and he's always had that and all he's got now on his side is that he's got that improvement. Um, sorry, all he's got now is that experience and that he's been there before so he knows how to go in that dark and he knows how to turn it around and, you know, he knows how to... It must be frustrating. It must be frustrating for React Paul because I remember I saw Richard prowling around the ring in in Bournemouth on Sunday evening, but more 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 recently and more pertinently, the fight that was going to happen was everyone expected a Coley to beat Chris Billum Smith. Yeah. There was this rancor and irritation between a Coley and Richard that had sure. started at a boxing at the Creed premiere, yes, hadn't right. it? And they'd gotten a bit involved in a little bit of argy bargy. And Richard was obviously waiting to call out Lawrence. Yeah. Didn't get the opportunity. Mm. So it must be a little bit frustrating for Richard because he's 33, he's 34 yeah. soon. Yeah, yeah. You know, time is moving on. And whilst he's not an old man, they're not, he's not a young fighter anymore. Mm. And this 20, year 23 has been a little bit of standing still whilst Chris Bidham-Smith is now the world title holder. Yeah, got that I mean, I've, I've asked him about that. He said, listen, it, it, look, I understand the business of it and I've got to make the right move at the right time because, you know, that, that it's all about opportunity. He was offered the Jai Apatai fight. I was going to say, didn't yeah. he, isn't, he, isn't he a contributor to some of that frustration? Absolutely, himself? he offered the Jai fight. He said, it wasn't the, the fact that I didn't want to go in there and I don't believe that I could it's beat money. him. It's the money. He said, it's mm. a business ultimately, it's a business. Mm. And I'm waiting and I'm looking and I'm seeing what's going on. He said, I thought I was going to get the Lawrence Acoli fight, but, you know, fair play to Chris. Mm. He won that fight. So now Chris has got something that I want. Even though I've beaten him, he's now got something that I want. And from a business point of view, he said, this is where it's a fight that is even more winnable than maybe the others, mm. like, as in... A, an easier option some would say, and, and financially much more rewarding than what he would have got against Opatire. Well, some would say that once you're a world champion, you can then start to write your own checks uh, and give yourself an opportunity. If he'd have taken the Jai Opatire fight, won it, it'd be a now, it'd, he would now be a, de, a defending champion. It would be a unification fight with Chris Billum-Smith and he'd be sat at the table yep. with a different split of the purse. So some would say opportunity, take opportunity over purse and then, and then the purse will come over the opportunity. That's my point. To, totally understand that. But I think Richard's a smart kid. You know Richard anyway. I do. You know him personally. You understand what he is. And he, he, he recognises that he's well-ranked in all the governing bodies. Mm. He's looking for the right opportunity. Jai Apatai, we go, he's many consider as the monster of, of the, of the division. division. You yeah. go, if I'm fighting him, and this is because I know I'm going to get an opportunity elsewhere because I'm so well ranked. If I'm going to fight Opatire, I want good money to do that. And then obviously you're risk reward. Yeah, yeah, risk Here's an interesting um, divergence from that argument. The rumour going round is that Opatire is, is vacating the IBF belt. Yes. So that it creates an interesting landscape. Because I said to Richard the other day, I'd prefer you to be at the table with a belt. Yeah. I'd nothing not more I'd love to see than mm-hmm. a unification fight. Yeah. between two British fighters. Well, I think what you've got is that, yeah, if Jai Apatire, because I think he's... It's a vacant two, belt. He's t- yeah, he's signed a two-fight deal, wasn't he, with the IBF. I think he beat Marius Bradus in a fight. Marius Bradus was meant to have the immediate rematch, but he got injured, so he, he was going to be... fought Jordan Thompson. Yeah, so he fought Thompson, but they said, you can't have any more voluntaries now. You have to box Bradus next. And it's which is Ellis for Zorro. March time. And, and now Ellis Zorro's coming. They said, 
You can't have that. Zorro's not even in the top 15. Yeah. So you can't win. So we will strip you of the title. That's the reasons behind stripping him. Mm. So you look at that then. If the IBF title becomes vacant, I think you've got Marius Bredas is at number one. Dorticus is at number two. Richard's down at about number five. Lawrence Acoli, I think, is at number... Or no, it might be Richard four, Lawrence five. Something, they're there anyway. They're so there's, no, there's no way that Boxer could engineer an IBF shot. Well, this is where, this where we're at. We've got Marius Bredas, one. Dorticus two. Mm-hmm. So, if Boxer can make... A, yeah, but we've got also got Richard Reactor ranked very highly. We've also mm-hmm. got... Um, yeah, Lawrence Coley ranked highly as well. I'm just saying from the Reactor point I understand of view, what you he said, fights yeah. for the IBF belt. He then goes in against Chris Billum smith at a later point. For a unification. For unification. Yeah. Just a thought process. Yeah, yeah. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Anyway, look, moving, moving on from, from React Poor to Cruiserweights and that division, which is an interesting division, but there's also another really interesting division, one we've, we've got a lot... We got a lot of interest in this country, which is a light heavyweight. Yeah. Obviously, we've got a history in that division with John Conti sure. uh, and people of that nature um, that were world champions at light heavyweight. Yeah. But we've also got now a really strong staple of light heavyweights: Boatsy, Aziz, uh, Anthony Yard, one of my personal favourites. Yeah. But on Sunday, we saw what people perceive to be the next superstar, um, which is Ben Whitaker. Yeah. Um, brilliant punch and knock the fellow out. Yeah. But there's a lot about Ben Whitaker that's causing discussion. Yeah. Obviously, there's this perception he's an ex-superstar. He thinks he's an ex-superstar. I think he is. Him well, not turning I... up to interviews sometimes yeah. indicates that he's already arrived in superstar status yeah. in his own mind. Yeah. Um, but the performance against the lesser opponents was what it was, wasn't yeah. it? It was impressive. Look, he but there, that... there was also a reaction. That's what I was going to get to. Uh, yeah. There was a reaction from certain sections of the auditorium, which is to some of the antics, some of they the showboating, some of the, some of the piss-taking yeah. that he was doing with an opponent of a lesser level. Yeah, was that, yeah, yeah a little bit too much. Listen, there's an arrogance about uh, Ben Whitaker, that he, the way that he carries himself. That You go back to the days of, like, say, Muhammad Ali, when you go right back, but more recently, you look at someone like Nazim Hamed yeah. and all that, and I say, there's that arrogance about him. But you know what? Like, when you talk about Ali and you talk about Hamid when they first kicked off, people hated it. They didn't like it, but they grew to love them because they appreciated how good they were. I think this is where Ben Ben Whittaker drops in. Because what I'm saying is that I think he will develop into a fighter where people right now, like you say, they started booing in the third round. He had to stop pissing about, come out, fourth round. He got on with the job and look at the finish. It was sensational. There's a different snap in his shots. The reflexes are brilliant. But Ali and Nazim Hamid, with due respect, the first time you really I'm saw not, Ali I'm, was him was telling what he's going to do to Sonny Liston. Yeah. And when you see Nazim Hamid, he's doing it to Steve Robinson, right? Yeah. This yeah. is no. Do, but what I'm saying, do, do, this, to, do this to Lyndon Arthur. Yeah. Do this to Anthony Yard. 
do this to Callum Smith, right? Yeah. But you're doing it with guys that yeah. are, are several levels beneath don't, you. Don't think, by the way, that I'm putting Ben Whitaker in with Ali and, no, and, and Zin Hamid or whatever. But no, what I'm saying is he's got that arrogance about him, that, that mm. swagger about him. Yeah. That he carries himself like that. And that is what it is. He's like a Marmite type. You love or hate him. But people will end he's up... He's a beautiful boxer. Yeah, people end up yeah. appreciating. Like, if you yeah. look at them reflexes, like, even against a lesser yeah. opponent, but you saw the way that he was slipping, pulling yeah. away, rolling... Yeah. And when he did get on with the job, when he, when he went back to corner, Sugar Hill said to him, right, come on, the crowd are not appreciating yeah. this. Stop pissing about. Get yeah. out there and do it. Yeah. He went out Bang. there. Bomb. Yeah. Finish was sensational. Yeah, it was, yeah. What I'm saying is there's a brilliance about this kid. Yeah. Oh, uh, no but doubt. He's, he's in a division, like you say, with no Anthony doubt. Yard, Boatsy, Dan Aziz. Yeah. He says... Lyndon Arthur. Next, Lyndon Callum, Arthur. Callum Smith. Callum, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, all of those. Callum Smith. Yeah, he well, said... And then at the top of the tree, Baturbiv. Yeah. Bivol. You know. They're all cracking on a little bit. Like yeah. Ben Whitaker's 26 years of age, five fights now, stop start, yeah. frustrating time because of injuries. He reckons by the end of 2025, or 20, yeah, 2024, sorry, he reckons that he will be there or thereabouts. And I think he will be because I think he's got that sort of talent. Yeah, I mean, look, as long there's as no doubt. There's no, there's no doubt that if you look at him, I mean, I, I watched the performance. I, you know, I, I, we all knew going into this fight that this was levels beneath him. Yeah. Still, we'll go in and do the job, and he yeah. did the job. And I'm not, I've never been one. I love showmen. I love mm. characters. You know, irrespective of the arguments with, with Eddie Hearn, I recognise him as a promoter as being a showman, and I understand sure. the value of it. I loved Ali. I didn't always admire Nazim Hamid. I didn't like what he did to Steve mm. Robinson. Yeah. I thought that was piss-taking and I thought it was disrespectful. And there's a line between being better than the opponent and having the style so, to sell well, it. Well, that's where Ben fell in that bracket on Saturday. Yeah. Oh, Sunday, yeah. sorry, yeah. And, I don't, and, and given the level of talent this boy has, you know, obviously there's an argument to say that people would consider it to be arrogant. They consider his approach to throwing away the silver medal mm. in the Olympics. He didn't want it. Yeah. I like that stance. I, I thought, you know, who well. comes... Who, 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 what's first, you know, what is second? First loser, isn't it? Right? Yeah. So I love that I, mentality. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, I would like to see him finish fights... Do it in style. Get onto the next level. Moving through the gears, right? Yeah. And if he does, and if he can do this to people like Anthony yeah. Ock, which, by the way, he won't be able yeah. to. If he can do this to some of the top fighters, mm -hmm. then then you're going to have a superstar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's got. I mean, I don't like all the tattoos he's now got, but that's up to him. Like he can, you know. But I think he'll be a star, and he's got I the agree. personality to back it up. Just keep him on the right tracks. Mm -hmm. Keep him yeah. focused. He's got the right trainers around him. He's but probably you know, in the right camp. But you, I mean, you you know him on a personal level. You speak to him. He is like. He's a smart kid because yeah, he, he knows what he's doing. He's, he's created a character for himself, yeah. and that's that's what he, that's what he's chose. But when you speak to him on a level, he's actually a really nice guy, like yeah. really nice guy. He, he hasn't he doesn't he hasn't got that persona um, in his like that. That's his. So he doesn't carry out of the ring. Yeah. No, yeah. Out, out, yeah. out of the ring, he's just a, he's just a lovely kid. Yeah. He'll ask information. He'll ask you know he, he'll want a little bit of advice. He's just a, he's a pretty grounded guy. Yeah, he's good, isn't he? but he knows yeah. what he's doing. He's smart. Yeah, he's good, he it? said that's why he was clowning around like that. By the mm. way, he said because they, he got into. That was an old sparring partner that he boxed there mm. on Saturday. And he said, and so I knew what he was all about. I knew how to get in his head. I knew how to frustrate him because I was like, we were we were having a back and forth and I was getting into this thing. He said, so that's why I done what, what I'd done. Like, that's why I was taking the piss out of what it was. He said, it was nothing to do with wanting to show to the crowd. He did it in previous he's got, fights, hopping across the ring yeah, like Yeah, I know, but he said kangaroo. he was getting inside the guy. He said he, he'd done that because yeah. he knew that's the way to break him mentally. Well, we'll see. Yeah. By the way, I didn't ask you. Um, who do you think wins out of React Paul, Billum Smith? Um, Richard Riakpo. I do too. Yeah. I do too. Richard Riakpo. I do too. Uh, um, I just think that, yeah, he's, he, he's slightly more rounded mm. and now he's got that self-belief and that was the important thing. That was the only thing missing for me for Richard. I've always, I've always rated him unbelievable as well. The only, the only, the only factor of that is, is that Richard will walk into an absolute partisan crowd. Yeah. 
and 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 you know he's not walked into environments where there's been quite the yeah. he's going to walk into the Vitality Stadium where I, probably I'll be the only one supporting him besides <laughs> his family because he's a Crystal Palace fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? But but I, I I think that Richard will win that fight. Yeah, I, I'm totally with that, and I think that the only thing that we don't know about Richard, which we do about Chris Billingsmith, is that when we get into round ten and it's yeah. hard, really hard really odd and you've got to go to that place like he did Chris on, on uh, Sunday night can Richard go there and that's the only thing we don't know and I think that that's Chris's that, that's, that's Chris's big job but I don't in my if view if he can take him there my view is I think Richard Rippo will knock him out well that's what I'm saying if he can take him there yeah no and I don't want fight, that for, and I don't want fight. that for Chris but you know I, my allegiance will be with Richard yeah, because yeah. of our, yeah, our yeah. relationship <laughs> and who he supports anyway there was a fight on the weekends that was just besides the fights that we saw live Devon Haney pretty much boxed wow. Regis Progress fucking ears off, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. It was a schooling, I a humbling. It was a it was an exercise in watching beautiful. It was a twelve boxing. round masterclass. It was, That's what it was. It was a shutout. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, Regis Progray is a, a top class. We saw the fight 2019-02 arena mm. against Josh Taylor, and that went down to the wire. I actually thought Progray won that fight. There was nothing mm. in it. Split decision. Very close. Could have gone either way. Josh, thankfully, it went his way. But it was one of those when you go, look, Progray's moved up in weight, and, it, and, it, and he's looked great. I mean, he's looked really great. And... Yeah, there was, but he was brilliant, Haney. I, I mean, I mean, there was questions about the Lomachenko fight. Yeah, because that, that, that's the thing. Regis Progray was obviously down down at um, lightweight. He was down at lightweight, and it and it was no good for him. Or super lightweight it was no good for him. He looked too, you know, he was too drained. He's too drained. As soon as he jumps up a weight, I mean, that was a sensational performance. Oh, of course it was sensational. He carried that from one three five up to one forty. I mean, putting on that extra weight, people are going to go. Does he need to grow into the weight? Is it against Regis Progray, who's mm. a great fighter himself? Well, there's your answer there. You know, he was just struggling too much down at, you know, that Lomachenko fight. He was lucky to come away with a victory in that fight. Haney. But, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. You could see that he was weight drained. Yeah, that's drained. the point I'm making. Yeah. Haney, the, 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 weight drained. The debate about what the fight was with Lomachenko, and there were lots of debates, and we discussed it. Yeah. And we felt that he was very lucky to have gotten yeah, that result. Yeah, absolutely. In this fight. Jumping up to super lightweight this was the fight, best thing he could this have was, done. This was, this, was, this was like a man against a boy. Stylistically, in mm. every aspect, drops him twice. Yeah. Right? But just boxes his bloody ears off. Yeah. And he just, when you're watching boxing as a, as a layman like me or a, a motivated layman, yeah. And then as a fighter like you, you watch it and you think, what what a boxer. Well, look, before the fight what happened, before the fight happened, we go lean towards Haney, but can't write Regis off. He's the one with the power, everything else. We look at it, when it, as soon as the first bell went, as you said, like. It, as, Perfect as way it, to as fight a Southpaw, right? As a fight, um, yeah, absolutely. As a fight unfolds, you know, progress the Southpaw, and you're thinking, right, Haney's struggled in his last fight against the Southpaw in Lomachenko. I know it's slightly different, but he's still a Southpaw, and he struggled. He looked vulnerable at times. Moving up that extra weight division, I mean, like leading off on the right hand, which is the key shot for the Southpaw, nailed him in the third round, drops Regis, nails him again in the sixth round, nearly drops him. But he just beats but him up every round. Just a beatdown, yeah. Just beats him up every round. So, yeah, unbelievable. But the reasons, the reasons why I'm talking about Devin Haney um, and Regis Progre in this particular part of the conversation is because it leads me into Josh Taylor. Yes. And whilst Josh Taylor's having a sulk and doesn't want to talk to people like me because someone dared criticise him once, besides praising him all the time, child, um, the, um, the opportunity seems to be manifesting itself for Josh Taylor to talk about fighting Devon Haney. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know whether it's a fight Haney would fancy. He's come off the back of a loss to TFMO Lopez. 
Joshua, I don't think yeah. he's in any position to dictate to anybody who he doesn't doesn't fight. Listen, I think Josh. What do you think of that fight? Look, I, you know, I think Josh's future lies at one four seven. I think he struggles too much at uh, uh, one hundred forty yeah. pounds. And I think we saw that, and we saw that. You know, we've seen it in his last couple of fights. But I thought we would all made that decision, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah but so where's I, this coming from? Yeah, then? Well, I, I really don't know. If I'm totally honest, I think it's just one of those. Does he feel like he's calling out now? Because he said it himself, didn't he? Didn't he yeah. talk about it himself? Yeah. Being this is a weight issue. So yeah. what's what's this about then? Yeah. Money. Yeah, all money. about money. Right. All about money. And that's why this catch-all fight, the rematch, hasn't happened. I think Eddie Hearn, the money that Eddie Hearn has offered um, Josh Taylor for the catch-all fight, he said, listen, it doesn't make sense. Financially, it doesn't make sense. So I'm going to chase the big fights. I want Devin Haney's. You know, I want them sort of people. That's where I want to mm. be. And it sort of that makes sense. But but given the challenges that we've seen for him at that weight, isn't that, isn't that a shot to nothing, potentially? I think because so, yeah. It looks to me, I mean, I and you... And I still think, it, irrespective of the mm. fact that I think he's got a petted lip yeah. now about what's being said about him because of the losses that he's had and the Jack Catchell observations, which, yeah. by the way, are fair and on the money, yes, and they've not yeah, been unkind, yeah. they've just been as they are. Um, I, I think that, ultimately, the, 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 the weight class that he needs to go up to is the one above the one that he's in well, now because yeah. he's, he's struggling at I it, totally, and he said it himself. I totally agree, you know, but you've got people like Terence Crawford are up there. Jerome Ennis has now been elevated to IBF champion. Um, there's some big names up there and some tough fights, but you know they're, they're world-class operators. But that's where Josh Taylor's sitting right now. You know he was the undisputed super lightweight champion. His career's done at that weight, by the mm. way. It's done at that weight. We've seen that in his last couple of performances. Tiafimo Lopez, he, he, he looked terrible, and he did against Catchall as well. And that's down to weight, only down to yeah. weight. And I think that you know he's got that body frame. He needs to move up, and that, Jack, I think that's Jack, what well, Jack will fight him at a bigger weight, though, won't he? Yeah, Jack said that they'll do a catch weight, so we'd fight yeah. him at like one four four or something like that. But, but the reason why this doesn't happen. Is in your assertion is because no one wants to pay the price on the ticket. The reason that, that this hasn't happened, this is coming from Taylor's mouth, but he's saying that you know Eddie Hearn's offering him twenty percent of what he should be getting, really, and, that, and he said that's where we're at. He said, forget that there's no belts on the line. Yeah, it's a huge fight, and it is a big fight. To be fair, I think uh, you know it is a it is a big fight, belts on the line or not. I don't know what he's been offered or what he's getting, but I think for him. He really needs to right the wrongs of that last fight because of the, you know, all the controversy surrounding that. It's, so, it's old ground that he needs to go over, really, Josh Taylor, because that will, that will affect his legacy, which is a shame because but he's there one was of a the best fighters. That, but there was a chance to build this fight because the bad blood, the, the, the media attention on the injustice that was served up for Jack Cattrall. Do you think he needs to go over old ground with, with Cattrall, by the way? Do you, think it's a, do you think that's where he should go as opposed to looking at someone like Crawford? Well... M- <laughs> I suppose in the, in the pantheon of the closed circuit, there's a boxing world that says you lost that fight and you should ultimately have to account to it by fighting this guy again. I suppose you should. In the real world where grown-ups live and it's a sport where you get yeah, paid yeah. for doing what yeah. you do, if you can't get the dough on that fight, mm. the opportunity might have been missed. You could have built this fight. This fight could have been built into a kind of Frotch Groves moment yeah, because think- Josh Taylor had the same disdain yeah. for um, Jack Cattrall yeah. that Carl had for um, George Groves. Yeah, sure. The outcome was considered to be an injustice yeah. in the same way that it was considered to be an injustice on George Groves. Um, I mean, you know, Cattrall didn't go in as a villain. You know, he just went in and people kind of ambivalent. Mm. So there was this head of steam around it. And, and Josh's attitude after the fight and then, of course, his attitude full stop towards Jack is, you're not worthy of being in the ring with me. Yeah. I beat you full stop. And, of course, now his attitude towards the whole situation is he doesn't like media criticising for that. Mm. I think they've probably missed the boat. I agree. The I think they've, sailed, yeah. they've missed the boat, and that's why the economic returns in this fight aren't aren't standing up. Um, I think Taylor makes makes a valid point, though. He's saying, "Listen, forget like you know the controversy surrounding the last fight. The reality is, 
Jack Cashel needs me. He said, because where is he going to go otherwise? You look at the fight against Linares. Yeah, people think he's a little bit of a poor person. But, but, but no, but what but he's saying is... It, isn't it? No, but what no, he's but saying Nobody is, needs anybody. I mean, what, Josh I is now longer, that, no longer the A-side of the like He's trying to, yeah, I understand trying to draw my, more money out of it. But it's an interesting one anyway. But that's where I think that really he should go. Cattrall. I do, yeah. Mm. If, you were, if you were Josh, what would you do? I mean, people are talking about Conor Ben. And just for the record, because I, I listen to a lot of people making an observation that all of a sudden, on the Conor Ben subject, I've become a Conor Ben acolyte and a mouthpiece. I never walked away from the Conor Ben conversation besides saying, I met Conor Ben a, a week, couple of weeks ago. Do you know what? The amount of people that have come up to me that obviously watch this show and say to me, your mate's changed, didn't he? Your mate, and I went, what are you going on about? Like, yeah, your mate's, oh, your mate's He's wearing a dress. Like, yeah, yeah. He's going under the name of Salone. Right. Um, so I'm glad you're addressing it. No, because it. It's, I haven't come away from any different view besides the fact that Connor believes that he's got the ability to be able to undermine all the arguments and that a lot of the information that people have based their opinions upon isn't in the public domain. So I've said to him, you're going to say it, right? So yeah. he said, yeah, I'm going to say it. Yeah. So my, 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 my part of that conversation was, I'm not going to repeat what you've told me. You can say it. Yeah, yeah. So apparently he's going to say it. So then people can make up their own mind. But all I've said about Conor Ben, which is the same thing I've said before, is mm. prove your innocence. And by the way, actually sitting yeah. down with him, he's, it reminds me of what a really nice fellow he is. Yeah. That's yeah. not changing one's mind, all of yeah. a sudden becoming... On, on the payroll of the mm. Conor Ben matchroom opportunity. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, he's a nice, he's I want him to prove his innocence. But, prove but, it. By the Go way, when, when is that going to happen? Well, because there was a rumour they were coming on last week. Um, oh, you know, and because... they didn't. And I think it's dependent Because it's upon... been the best part of 12 months now that that is going to happen and it's not been happening. So. Well, I think it's been more so recently that because I spoke to Conor, there was a feeling that now is the time to talk in the media. He has got some really interesting points. Whether yeah. people believe them or not is a different matter. Whether yeah, I believe has them he or got, not. Has he got evidence? I think that's what we're talking about. But that's what he's going to talk about. He believes that he's got the ability to be able to prove that the accusations that are made against him and the reasons behind the, re behind the substance that are in his system are provable as being completely explainable. Yeah, but so he, he can't do that with words. He has to have strong evidence. Strict liability. Well, no one's heard from Connor. He, yeah, huh? No one's heard from Connor. That's the point. But no one's heard from Connor. We've heard from Connor talk about the 270-page report that he brought onto the Piers Morgan show, didn't show anybody, and went to the WBC. Yeah. We're going to talk to him when he comes on air about why it is that they've got jurisdiction, because he'll tell you that it wasn't about that. Yeah. Why it was that they, the medical evidence that was brought to us by this by this guy that he had, Rene, about metabolites, mm. why that hasn't formed, and, he, and he's going to tell you why, and then I, people are going to make up their own mind about I, it, aren't I, they? Yeah, but has he got scientific proof? Well, we heard but, all that, didn't we? Yeah, no, but yeah, but we've not yeah, seen but it. I'm not a big doctor, so I don't we've know. Not seen it. But but the point is, is he's going to be able to. People are going to be able to hear it from him rather than from other people. Sure. The arguments that he's made via the, the doctors that came on the show with me and the empirical evidence they think they've got mm. about the, the the ability to metabolize and produce metabolites based upon what you've ingested rather than what you've injected yeah. is something they can prove. So they don't need to prove it to me, and they don't need to prove it to you. No, exactly. They need to prove it to you, Cat. All we hear in his words, we, right. need, we need to see the, we need to see but the proof. Then, but they'll also, they'll also explain to you why they haven't done that. And then people can hear it for themselves. And if people still think that Conor Ben is whatever they think of him in the first place, they'll hear it firsthand, won't they? Sure. Right now, we haven't heard that. But it certainly isn't a case of me suddenly deciding that because I've fallen out with Tyson Fury... <laughs> Who cares, by You're the looking way. for a new well, mate. I'm looking for a new mate. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone through my life without having oh any mates. God. I don't have to worry about it now. Uh, anyway, going down. anyway, do you, do you, as much as we, as, it's really important fundamentally that Connor gets himself up from underneath before this conversation really happens. Yeah. And it feels almost like I'm falling into a trap of saying this. But do you like the sound of 
a consequenced or exonerated Conor Ben fighting Josh Taylor? I, I, I would like that fight. Of course, I would love that fight. You know, if we, if we, if all this mess gets cleared up, and he puts himself for Josh Taylor. Do you think it's the right fight for Josh Taylor if it comes? Yeah, because it's it's a money fight. Josh Taylor, I, I know where Josh Taylor's sat right now. He's been undisputed lightweight champion. He's looking. He's at this place in his career where he goes, I want to start getting well paid for this. I need my, you know, I want my pension fund. I don't. That's why he's sort of going away from the captain's game. There's no money in that. I don't want to go over old ground. I know it's a hard fight. I know really how that last one went. And so if I'm going to do it, I want to get well paid for it. Mm. With Conor Ben, he knows he's going to get well paid for it. And I think that's why he'll go, yeah, straight away. And that's why we've seen him doing um, interviews, you know, saying, yeah, come on, let me... Do you think Josh can, I mean, do you think Josh can get big money fights? I mean, he needs to go on a media offensive, not be offensive to the media, Josh, going on media offensive about presenting himself in a certain way. He can only get big money fights with fighting the likes of Because he's he's had this legacy, Josh, hasn't he? Where before we were all in his camp saying, no one's showing his fights. Yeah. You know, he goes and wins world titles and no one pays any attention to it. Sure. Yeah, so I mean... you know, it's criminal, really. You know, the career that he's had and how he's had to do it on and the, the recognition road and gone. the success that he's got, mm. and he's not sort of like being recognised. And, and he's so likable too. And you and you ask yourself, you know, you go like 10, 15 years down the road, you know, people will be a hardcore boxing fan that remember him and his legacy and what he'd done, and really, it should be one of those that you know you've got to salute what he's achieved. Absolutely, it's been absolutely, absolutely incredible. But for some reason, it hasn't captured the public imagination, and. He's in a position right now where he's just chasing the big fights because he can't command that money well, we'll himself. Well, we'll see. It should be an interesting 24 anyway, shouldn't yeah. it? Right, that's it for episode 51 of Talk Boxing. We'll look forward to seeing you next week where we might, subject to outrageous demands, have Carl Flotch on. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.